Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1903. The topic is training and the title is How to Maximize Fat Loss in Training. When people exercise, and if they're doing it with the purpose of purely fat loss or to stay lean while building strength or building muscle, if their goal in some way is fat loss or fat control, they're going to think of exercise as a method to burn calories. So this would help us lose body fat in the sense that, you know, if we have more calories being expended than what we're consuming, we're in a caloric deficit and therefore we're going to help lose body fat or at least control body fat. The typical approach when people are thinking of training as a way to maximize fat loss is they're going to think of cardio. They're going to think of steady state cardio or high intensity interval training cardio. There's a lot of various types and terms of cardio, but it's either going to be something where you're at a steady state the whole time, you know, so say three miles an hour on a 3% incline on the treadmill for 60 minutes. It's just continuous and it's the exact same the whole time. Or they might do it in spurts of effort, meaning they might have a period of variable intensities. So they might, you know, say walk for a half a quarter mile, jog the track for a quarter mile, walk for a quarter mile, sprint for a quarter mile. They might change the intensity along the way, but it's going to go up and down, kind of change a little bit. And that would be called interval training. Those two methods of training are effective for burning calories while you do them, but they're not very effective for burning calories between the times that you do them. So it's not actually the best long-term approach for maximizing fat loss in regards to what you can do with training. So cardio does burn calories while you do it. But the caloric burn stops when you stop. Steady state cardio, pretty much the second you step off the machine, there might be a few minutes of the body kind of bringing the heart rate back down, uh, regulating body temperature and a few other kind of aspects that maybe have a little bit of a caloric burn after effect, but it's very, very, very short. Whereas high intensity interval training, that sequential kind of body reset and recovery after you're done doing it, it usually can be regulated and controlled within an hour. I used to teach exercise physiology at Winthrop University uh, here in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And we would do labs and tests and stuff like this. So I'm actually familiar with all these numbers and, and all the protocol. So I'm keeping it general just for the purpose of the conversation, but you could definitely dive deeper into the details if you wanted. But when you look at cardio effect for calorie burning is you can burn a lot of calories in the now, but it doesn't maximize caloric burn over an extended period of time. To maximize caloric burn, which helps maximize fat loss or fat control, a better approach is actually to train in a way that creates muscle damage. Training for muscle damage, especially when performed in circuits, 
can burn significant calories while doing it, but there's also an increased caloric burn during the recovery phase, which depending on the intensity and style of training can last up to 72 hours of increased caloric burn based on recovery. So the body has to go back through and actually fix all the damaged tissues at following the bout of training. That creates a caloric demand that's increased above your normal caloric usage at rest. And what's interesting is weight training doesn't have to take any longer than cardio would. Actually, you could argue that weight training could be done in a shorter period of time. But an example that most people do for fat loss for cardio is fasted cardio. They might do 30 minutes of fasted cardio. So maybe they wake up, they go to the gym, and they spend you know 30 minutes on a step mill. Or maybe they just walk outside for 30 minutes. But they're going to spend 30 minutes. Typically, people do it in fasted state, which is not ideal. <laughs> um, there's tons of research that proves that fasted cardio is not optimal. But it is something that people often do. We have two podcasts that would be worth checking out if you'd like to. Podcast 614 is a nutrition podcast titled The Effects of Caffeine-Fueled Fasted Workouts, which is the way a lot of people train when doing fasted cardio and fasted workouts. Now, podcast 614 is a long time ago. (laughs) That was back in 2020. But to find older podcasts, you can go to our website, www.brutalirongym.com. There's a podcast player on the bottom of the first page. And underneath that podcast player, we have instructions on how to find older podcasts, whether you're on a mobile device or a laptop. So that way you can follow those instructions, find podcast 614 if you'd like. Then podcast 882 is a nutrition podcast titled, If I Hate Fasted Exercise, Why Do I Sometimes Prescribe It? So I actually do sometimes prescribe fasted cardio. Now, why in the world would I do such a thing? You'll have to listen to podcast 882. I'll give you a little tip that it's in very special scenarios and very special cases, often with uh, nutritional uh, disorders connected with it. Uh, But in general, fasted cardio is not optimal. And there's a ton of research that backs that up. Uh, Now, people still do it, and they do get good results from it. It's just if we're looking for long-term impact, long-term positive change of metabolism and other long-term components, fasted cardio is not shown to be, you know, the be-all, end-all, the above-everything-else kind of approach. There are other approaches that are just as good, if not better, in arguable ways. So... That is a typical thing that people do is 30 minutes of cardio. Instead, you can do 30 minutes of weight training. An example workout that could be done in 30 minutes is I have clients do circuits of two or more exercises. Now, sometimes we do full body workouts. Sometimes we do half, you know, upper body versus lower body. Sometimes we do push versus pull versus legs. Sometimes we'll just do, you know, a bro split like chest and biceps, uh, you know, shoulders and back, legs, you know, something like that, legs and calves. Uh, But however we break it up, we often will do combinations of circuits and standalone exercises depending on if I want the person to maximize weight load intensity but if we're looking for maximal caloric burn we're going to do circuits of multiple exercises meaning you perform a set of effort of one exercise directly into another exercise directly into another exercise with very minimal rest in between so you would do exercise one right into exercise two right into exercise three and then you would take a break now the break that I usually have clients take 
when we're doing caloric burn focused workouts is a half to two times rest time. What this means is to do the circuit, to do exercise one and exercise two and exercise three, let's say it takes a minute and a half to do all three exercises. So you do one for takes 30 seconds, the other one takes 30, the other one takes 30, roughly. So let's say you're active for a minute and a half to get the first set of each exercise in. You then will take half to two times that minute and a half as a rest. So you'll take 45 seconds all the way up to three minutes. It depends on the aerobic capacity ability of the client, and it also then depends on what we whether we want to push weight load or push uh, speed, whether we're pushing more towards muscular endurance, cardiovascular endurance, or muscular development and strength development. But in general, if they feel recovered faster than half the time, then the exercises aren't loaded heavy enough. If they feel like they need more than twice the time to recover, they're actually loaded too heavy. So it's a way to kind of modulate weight load intensity based on your recovery capacity. It's a really good way built in that clients really don't know they're doing um, to regulate proper intensity in weight training. Uh, so it's a way that I structure so that way they don't have to know what they're doing in order for it to work. <laughs> uh, so it just works out very well. So an example could be, we do leaning over Cossack squats, which is a great way to open up the adductors and warm up the hips. We would then do body weight squats to calf raises. So you would do the leaning over Cossack squats, maybe 10 total reps, so five each side. Go right into body weight squats, where at the top of the squat you do a standing calf raise. So you kind of come up with enough momentum to carry you into a calf raise, but not so you leave your feet actually leave the ground. And you would do 10 reps of that. And then we would alternate a hinge-based reverse lunge to help open up the adductors and glutes even more. And that actually helps to start to stretch the upper hamstring connection as well. So this all helps with hip mobility, and it gets the person's uh, heart rate up. It gets uh, adrenaline and endorphins up, which are natural painkillers, natural focus. Uh, so that's going to help as well. And it kind of prepares us for the rest of the workout. So we're going to do a circuit where we do three sets of each exercise for 10 reps each. Then we would go into a circuit of dumbbell dual bent over rows for 10 reps, into dumbbell push-ups for 10 reps, into dumbbell deadlifts, or if you're at a higher uh, ability, you might do dumbbell thrusters for 10 reps. And you would do three sets of that. So you could do the first circuit for three sets, the second circuit for three sets, and have that all done in 30 minutes. Now what's interesting is, when you look at the caloric usage, now the numbers I'm going to give you are general numbers. They are not specific for you, because I don't know your body weight, I don't know your muscle mass, I don't know your body fat percentage, I don't know your strength capacities, I don't know anything really personal about you. So we're going to use general numbers. The idea of the numbers is to promote the concept that I'm talking about today, not to get lost in the numbers. <laughs> so if these numbers don't seem exactly correct to you, uh, the concept of how the numbers relate to each other is correct. And that's what we want to focus on. So, for example, 30 minutes on a step mill at average intensity for the average person can burn 300 to 400 calories. You're going to find that maybe for you, you burn more. Maybe for you, you burn less. It's not about you. <laughs> so the idea is, is to, again, think of averages and how, how cardio versus weight training relate to each other. So 30 minutes on a step mill can burn 300 to 400 calories. 
30 minutes of weight training burns about 150 to 250 calories. So it's about half to a little over half the number of calories that you would burn in cardio. But it's the after effect that really gets the bang for the buck. So within an hour post-training, a lot of studies have found that you will have about, and this is all general generalities, but about 15 to 20% of the amount of calories that you burned in the weight training itself, you will actually burn about 15 to 20% of those calories, the same number of calories, uh, in the post-workout one-hour following training. So you would burn about 20 to 50 calories extra just in that one-hour post-training as your body tries to modulate and control back to normal uh, for body temperature and a whole bunch of other things that have happened with the trauma of weight training. Then you burn about 50% of the calories that you would have burned in the workout. You burn about 50% of that in the 24 hours post-workout in in total recovery demand for uh, fixing muscle tissues, re-regulating body temperature, pH levels in the blood, doing a whole bunch of other repairs and other uh, concerns and issues. And then also like digestion, if you eat a proper amount of protein, the body has to allocate that extra protein to go try to fix tissues. If you eat carbohydrates, it'll allocate that carbohydrate to form glycogen to store, uh, restore energy in the muscles. It does a lot of work post-training. And that can be a, a contributed to around 50% of the total caloric burn in the workout, in the 24 hours post-workout. So in the example that we have of 150 to 250 calories burned in the 30 minutes, you're going to burn about 75 to 125 calories extra uh, just simply in the 24-hour post-workout. Now, this would equate to Per 24 hours, you're going to burn the same, if not more, calories than you would doing the cardio. So weight training, now all these numbers numbers are easily arguable. They're all variable depending on the style of training, the individual doing the training. The concept that I want to get across is that if you think of the amount of calories you burn in cardio per 24 hours, not per bout of cardio, per 24 hours, per time between the sessions. So if I do cardio on Monday, I do cardio on Tuesday, I do cardio on Wednesday, per 24 hours, per day of cardio, I burn more or at least the same calories if I were to do a weight training session. What's unique about that, what's so special, what's so noteworthy, is that along with the equal amount of calorie burn, you're going to get so many more benefits. You're going to increase muscular strength and connective tissue strength. You have the potential to increase bone density, which is very important for many people. You can increase mobility. You can grow new muscle or shape the muscle you have to improve aesthetics. Uh, You can also improve balance. Maybe that's something you want to focus on in the weight training. And you can improve posture. There are so many other things you can do as well. But not only along with the same amount of calorie burn will you get from weight training versus cardio, but if you do weight training, you get all these other benefits. Muscular strength, connective tissue strength, mobility, muscular growth and shape, balance, improved posture. The exact number of calories burned during cardio or weight training are different per individual. Like I said, there's genetic differences as well as different abilities uh, that would impact intensity and volume. Therefore, the exact numbers aren't known. But what is known is that weight training can burn an equal, if not more, 
number of calories per 24 hours as compared to cardio, and it offers many, many more benefits than cardio alone. So the fastest way to lose fat would be to prioritize weight training over cardio when possible. So if you have the chance to lift weights or do cardio, lift weights. You can add cardio in addition to lifting weights. That's totally fine. Maybe some days that you can't make it to the gym or you can't have a gym at home, exercise equipment at home, then do cardio. It's certainly better than nothing. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, But when you can, focus on weight training as much as possible and then use cardio as a supplement to your weight training and that will help you maximize fat loss in your overall training approach. Awesome. Okay, hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully it encourages you to go out and lift some weights. <laughs> if you have any extra questions, if you need any help, just shoot me an email at brutalironjim at gmail.com. If you're looking for weight training routines, you can go to our website, and there's free training programming on the website. You can check that out. You can also go to our one-on-one services page, and you can sign up for a free 50-minute consultation if you'd like. I'm happy to meet with people if they want to work with me. I really like the approach of doing this now because I get to meet with them virtually face-to-face. We get to feel the vibes of each other and see if this is going to work long-term. So you give a chance to tell me what your goals are, what your struggles are, and I can tell you how we would overcome those, and then we can decide whether we'd be a good fit together. So if you want to sign up for the free 15-minute consultation, you can do that on the website on the 101 services page, or just shoot me an email at brutalironjim at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, if you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Jam. As always, I hope this was helpful and thank you for listening.